Good morning and welcome to Coffee with Colleen. This is part two in a 17-part series on self-care and self-compassion. In part one, we talked about your inner critic, your inner mean girl, that when you talk to yourself, there's that little voice inside that says mean things to you that you would never say to one of your children. So today I'm going to be giving you eight more tips and techniques for dealing with your inner mean girl. Stay tuned. Why do we have this inner mean person and what can we do to shut them down? First of all, as we talked about in first in part one, give them a name. And so you can call them whatever you want to call them, but give them a name so that you can talk to them and tell them to get out of your head because this is not you. This is not who you want to be and who you are. So talk to that person, that inner mean girl, and get rid of them. So a good tip is to give them a name. But we talked about that in part one. If you would like to continue to receive all of these uh, videos, then make sure that you either subscribe to my page if you're watch watching on Facebook, or make sure you click this little subscribe button here in the lower right-hand corner if you're watching on YouTube. And make sure you click the little bell as well, and you'll be notified every time a new video is posted. So let's talk about self-kindness. That's the first way that we want to deal with this inner critic and this inner mean girl is by separating ourselves from that voice that's so mean. So it becomes an act of self-kindness to treat yourself warmly and with understanding and don't allow those critical harsh words and phrases which we detailed in part one so go back and watch part one if you haven't done so already we detailed those critical phrases so that you will know that if you hear these little voices or sentences coming in your head that's not you that's that inner mean girl that's that inner critic and that's how you need to shut that one down and start giving some compassion to you and working with some self-kindness and self-compassionate People recognize that being imperfect and failing every once in a while is part of life. As a Christian, I think there was only one perfect person that was put on the planet. And I don't know about you as a Christian or non-Christian or whatever your faith and your belief system is, that everybody makes mistakes. And everybody presents what they want you to see. Again, I do this all the time. It's just like this frame. I present to the world what I want you to see. So a great TikTok video the other day and a gal was showing her all of her perfect shelves and then she continued to pan around the room and the rest of the living room was a hot mess. She said, so don't believe everything you see on social media about other people because they only present to you, they only show you the part of your their life that they want you to see. So recognize that failing and being imperfect and making mistakes is part of being human and learn to be gentle with yourself. Also be open and accepting of suffering. That we recognize the fact that yeah sometimes bad things are going to happen. You know how we, are you in your life right now where you thought you'd be when you were planning out your life in high school or college and when you were getting your education and you thought and you were planning out your life about what you wanted to be when you grew up is that where you are right now probably not 
most of us, you know, life takes twists and turns and things happen and you adjust. And when you recognize that that is a part of the human condition and our journey in life is that stuff happens, you're more open and accepting when stuff does happen. You're like, okay, that's all right. Been there, done that. Bad things have happened to me in the past. And you know what? I'm still here. And you can say the same things, which means you're a survivor. You survived it before. You can survive it again. So when bad things happen and you're going through some stuff, just recognize sometimes that happens. I got through it before. I will get through it again. Be kind to yourself. Be soothing and nurturing and understand that you're doing the best you can and do the best you can. Uh, The second tip is to recognize that you're not alone. There is a sense of common humanity, which is kind of the psychological term, just that's the shared human experiences that, you know, we all go through stuff. And so don't get through, don't allow the inner critic, that mean girl to say, oh, woe is me. This always happens to me. I'm the only one. And Uh, You know, oftentimes we think we're the only one that this has ever happened to. That's why support groups are great and being, and that's one of the nice things about being online is that you recognize that you aren't the only one to endure these types of things. So if you kind of find yourself falling into the, you know, I have to be the only person that this has ever happened to in my life, that will lead to feelings of isolation, which leads to depression. So understand that somewhere in the world, someone has gone through what you're going through right now and survived. And so can you. So it's understanding that you're not the only one. There's that sense of common humanity. Third is mindfulness. And this word is tossed around a lot, right? But it's just being aware and observing the current moment not worrying about the future and not stressing and and getting anxious about things that are going to happen, not stressing about the past, not getting all caught up past future. Right now, being aware of what you're feeling, how that feeling reacts in your body, your physical reaction to that feeling, Um, being open to observing the current moment and exactly what you're going through and what you're feeling and and maybe trying to dig down to why, but focusing on right now, because that's all you have is right now. The future hasn't been guaranteed and the past, and they say that 70 to 80% of of our memories of the past are inaccurate. So worrying about right now. So that's really what we're talking about when we talk about mindfulness. Okay, so those first three are more about self uh, kindness. Now let's talk about the next few tips are going to be kind of how you treat yourself, focusing more on how you would treat a friend if a friend was going through the same thing. So you may not be able to take away another person's pain, but you can validate their pain. And I'm so sorry you're going through this. I'm sorry you're feeling this way and provide them support right? You wouldn't say to one of your best friends or one to, your, one to one of your children, you know, well, stop feeling that way. It's stupid to feel that way, you know, or get over yourself, you know, or that's not how you talk to a best friend. So keep that in mind. So tip number four is being okay to accept that you have made a mistake. 
and let yourself be okay with making mistakes. And this ties in again a little bit with self-kindness and, and common humanity. They're, yeah, we're all human, so is everybody else, and it's okay, we all make mistakes. Um, so rather than interpreting that, we can let ourselves off the hook the same way we would with somebody else. Does that make sense? So for example, if a friend doesn't answer the phone, you don't jump to the worst case scenario. You don't assume they're a bad person because they haven't answered the phone when you call. You, if this is a really good friend, you're like, I hope they're okay. Normally they answer the phone when I call it for. So give yourself that same permission to be human because you're not alone in being imperfect. Number five is caring for yourself the same way you would care for another person. So being understanding and empathetic towards yourself. So if a friend is down or hurt, you may physically hug them, squeeze their hand, give them a pat on the back. Uh, so it, it releases your caregiver. When you see someone else in pain, it releases your caregiver and you want to serve and to help them because there's someone you love. So turn into that same caregiver system for yourself because you know what that does? It releases oxytocin. So even if you have to imagine talking to yourself as if you were speaking to a friend, then you can do that. Use tender, forgiving language. So if your girlfriend was going through a hard time, you may say, you may have a term of endearment that you use towards your best friend. Oh my gosh, darling, or girlfriend, I call a girlfriend, um, sweetheart or whatever word that you would use with your best friend, use that word with yourself. Because what it will do is it will tap into the caregiver person of, your, of yourself. That word that you use with other people will help you subconsciously tap into that oxytocin reserve that's in your body that you use as caregiving toward other people or for your children, then you can use it for yourself. If you use those same words, it'll trigger the same thing in your brain. Your brain is dumb. Your brain is dumb and only does what you tell it to do. So by using those terms, you're telling your brain, hey, I'm taking care of somebody right now. So use those terms of endearment with yourself. Okay, girlfriend. I've got your back. Let's get through this together. Now, some people aren't comfortable with that and don't go overboard with it if it's not comfortable, but use those terms that you would use, not in a mocking way, but use the terms you use and tap into that oxytocin. So next we're going to talk about in the last uh, six, seven, and eight, we're going to talk about being more self aware and this goes along with emotional intelligence. So this is where we can learn to change our self-talk. Number six is using release statements. So some people do not like positive affirmations. They think a uh, Stuart Smalley and doggone it, I'm good enough, you know, and you stare at yourself in the mirror until you love yourself the way God loves you. I got that penance once in confession. I sh and technically should still be in front of a mirror. So if you're not a fan of those types of positive affirmations, uh, then try release statements. So what's the difference and... And how are they different? Well, they're closely related, but they are still a little bit different in that when you think a negative thought, oh, how could I be so horrible? Turn it around and release yourself from that feeling. How could I be so horrible? You know what? It's okay that I feel upset. And release that. 
it's okay that I have this instant emotion. The emotion is not a bad thing. The feeling is not bad. It doesn't make you a bad, you know, feeling those feelings, having those emotions don't make you a bad person. It's what you do with them. It's the same thing when, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, virtue and morality, you know, thinking a thought and entertaining that thought may be a bad thing, but thinking the thought is not a bad thing. You can shut it down and release it and say, whoa, where did that thought come from? I choose not to think that anymore. It's okay that I thought it, but now I release it. Does that make sense? So it's different in the affirmation where affirmations are, I'm a good person, I'm this, I'm that, I, which I, I believe in doing those types of things, but this is also important, equally important, I believe, that it's okay to have the thought, but I release it. So using release statements. And allow yourself to accept the fact that you thought it, but on the flip side of that, remember it takes 10 positives to counteract one negative. So also acknowledge your character strengths. And if I ask people, this is the same thing with whether I'm coaching and working with people or I'm, I'm working with them on their image and talking about what they wear. If we talk about an image, they'll talk about the worst parts about their body. I, I think my butt's too big. I don't like my nose. I, well, what do you like about yourself? What are your best you know, well, I guess I have a nice smile. Well, let's focus on, you know, focusing on that. Uh, it's the same thing when you're talking about your character. Why am I thinking these thoughts? But what about your character is good? But you know what? I am a compassionate person and I am this. So start making a list of character strengths because in self-compassion, you don't over-inflate your shortcomings. You acknowledge them, but you also realize that you have some good character strengths as well. Um, practicing mindfulness also goes along with this uh, as far as meditations are concerned. You can do guided meditations and understand that prayer and meditation are two different things. Praying is praying and talking to God where meditation is listening, you know, from a Christian perspective. But it's the same thing when you're talking about uh, people that don't come from the same faith base where they would listen to the universe or who they define as their God or whatever, but there's two different things. You've got communication going that way and communication coming this way. So, you know, like grandma used to say, you have one mouth and two ears, use them in that proportion, listen twice as much as you speak. Uh, and try not to judge yourself too quickly and don't assume things ahead of time. This is called future framing. Um, ugh, I don't like going to events because they always make me grumpy. You've already decided that you're going to go to the social event and going to be grumpy. So don't future frame the negative. Future frame or future focus in a way that gives yourself the benefit of the doubt where this time it's going to be different. This time I am going to have a good time. This time I have strategies that Colleen taught me about how to walk into a room and what to look for and who to know the perfect person to go speak with right? So give yourself, when you future frame and future focus, give yourself the benefit of the doubt and look at that positive aspect. Number seven, we're going to talk about regaining um, perspective and zoom out a bit and remind ourselves that we are connected to humanity. And at the same time, number seven, we want to let go of outside validation because a lot of our negative thinking comes from social media. 
and the Pinterest perfect life or the Instagram perfect person and, you know, filtering apps and I can make my legs longer. I don't know if you saw Shalene's post on that the other day. So we beat ourselves up for having dessert. Where does this come? That self-directed anger can come from outside social media, social pressures, because you're not supposed to eat that way and you're supposed to be on a keto, uh, which doesn't work for me. Um, You have to maintain a certain weight. You have to look a certain way. So don't tie your inner happiness to outside influences. And that will help you be a little bit more self-kind as well. And finally, number eight, always, always reach out to others. Put your feelings into context because sometimes when you zoom zoom out, um, other people will have a better perspective, especially if they know you really well, on what you're going through and what you're experiencing. And when you vocalize, it's worse in your head. And when you take those thoughts and emotions and vocalize them, sometimes they sound really silly. And I remember talking to my son. He had this nightmare when he was just like three years old and was screaming. And so I went in, turned on the light, and I sat and I was holding him. I said, tell me about it. He goes, no, mommy, it was too scary. It was too scary. No, mommy. And I said, well, tell me what happened. What was scary? And he said, oh, it was this huge lobster. And instead of claws, it had forks and knives and then he burst out laughing because in his silence of his head and in the dark room and in his nightmare it was a terrifying lobster who did not have claws but it had forks and knives and it was coming after him and once he said it out loud he started laughing because when he said it out loud he realized that's kind of silly why was I so afraid of that and he was like then he was fine and he went right back to sleep so it's the same thing. When things are in our head, they're, they're worse because a mean girl is making it worse. And so when you can vocalize and get it out of your head and speak to somebody, uh, either a best friend or your pastor or a professional, uh, then, it, then it, they can give you more clarity and give you a bigger picture. And also it builds your social circle and networks that are so important to your well-being. So hopefully those eight tips were helpful to you. I know they helped me. Going through this is always very, very helpful. If you are a member of the Cafe Club, then you will already have uh, your notes are available inside your membership area. And if you are, uh, depending on what tier level you are, the bonuses are also available and more will be uploaded later today. And if you're not familiar with the Care uh, the Cafe Club, the link is in the show notes. Um, you can head on over to this website and it tells you a little bit more and your different tier levels that are available uh, within the Cafe Club. So thanks for joining us this time. Make a comment. Do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? What did you find helpful? What do you think is a bunch of hooey? Uh, This program has been developed and all these notes are from uh, professional psychiatrists uh, as well as psychologists And I'm just excited to uh, have permission to share all of it with you. All right. So next time in part three, we'll be diving a little bit deeper into more tips and tricks and methods for self-compassion. We'll see you next time.